I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. This is a Joe Run Cypher here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and you can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. I'm joined with my fellow analysts, I'm sorry, Chris James, Gene Clemens, Teron Davenport, and Brandon Howard. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9, Gene at Gene Clemens, Teron at T Davenport underscore NFL, and Brandon at B Howard underscore 81. Make sure to subscribe to the Football Game Plan Podcast on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating. And as we can find all of our many different shows, you can also find them archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And finally, don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network on YouTube, located at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. If you're not familiar to what a rap cypher is, it's a crowd that forms in freestyle raps as they pass the mic around. Well, it's the same thing here, except there won't be any rapping going on. We'll just pass the mic and keep the football takes flowing. And we're kicking off our NFL team previews in the Cypher. And in this episode, we take a look at the New England Patriots, the Super Bowl champs, and some of the biggest questions we have about the Patriots heading into the 2017 season. So, Chris, kick this one off. I'm going to kick it off with a ridiculous football question. I have to ask it. Can this roster go 16-0? Not necessarily the roster can go 16-0. The coaching can definitely go 16-0. But I do like what they have done so far, as far as in the draft, free agency, and we never see the Patriots spend this much or be this active via free agency, but I think they've done a great job. First off, by stealing Brandon Cooks from New Orleans Saints, mm. you know, I think that was the biggest, you know, heist since the, the Lufanza heist of the plane, you know, so I think that was great by New England. I think this team, along with the coaching, could find themselves right back in the Super Bowl, quite honestly. Well, they have something that no one else has. Is they have an ability to overcome um, missing pieces. Uh, they do it better than anyone else in the league. Um, and that's why I think that it's possible because they're not going to be concerned if somebody goes down. They're going to go out and, and, and just say, hey, next man up. That man's going to be prepared. And you know that that coaching staff is going to put them in the best position to be successful. I mean, how many how many teams could have could have absorbed a, a four game stint without their starting quarterback, where you lose the backup? You know, I mean, it, it, it's it's amazing when you think about that, and and that's what the Patriots are able to do. Um, and so I think it's possible. Um, I think that they have the ability to to do it, but I also think that somewhere along the lines, they can just get get tripped up, um, and and lose the game because that's just the nature of the NFL, but it's going to be really hard to beat them. Um, and, and I've got them covering lots and lots of spreads this year. Yeah, it's a lot like a couple of years ago where people who gambled on the Patriots made money all season, even though there were a lot of double-digit spreads. That team, I'm talking about the Moss team with Brady and Wes Welker, you know, that was they were just Definitely. blowing everybody out. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure that they're going to win every game of blowouts, but I think they could definitely run the table. The game that I think is really going to be key is going to be that that week 15 game, you know, at Pittsburgh against the Steelers, one of their 
you know, a, a team that has been a nemesis for them. And they're lucky they don't have the Ravens on the schedule this year, too. That's another team that has, has bothered them throughout the times. But that game, I think, will be a, a really interesting one. But, man, I, I definitely think that they're very capable of going undefeated. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them going undefeated, but I do know this. They're going to put a lot of points up on the board. Um, the last time Tom Brady had a weapon on a perimeter, like a Brandon Cooks, uh, he had Randy Moss, of course. And, you know, they, they lit it up. And uh, anytime that he has a guy that can run like that and get separation like Brandon Cooks can, that makes things easier on everybody else underneath. Uh, additionally, plays that are supposed to go for, you know, 10, 15 yards, they end up going for 20. You know, and those are type of things that, that Brandon Cooks can bring to the table. I mean, there's a reason he was upset in New Orleans, you know, um, that he wasn't getting the ball the way he should have. And I think that here in New England he will, and uh, he, he's going to have a, a tremendous year there. And my answer to it is, yes, they could, but I highly doubt they do. It's because all the teams that I think are built to beat the Patriots, they play on the road. They play at Tampa Bay. They play at Oakland, at Denver, at Pittsburgh. Those are the type of teams that actually have the ability to beat them and have given them trouble in the past. Uh, the only game that they play at home against a team that can give them some trouble is against Atlanta. So they'll likely be a 14-2 team, but I'm sure they'd rather go 14-2 and and win another Super Bowl than to go 16-0 and lose a Super Bowl like they did a few years ago. I, I think when you look at it, is it, it kind of leads into my question. That's a great way to start off about and this roster goes 16 and 0. Because when you look at it pound for pound, you kind of like, man, they're not that talented. Exactly. But do teams have this Mike Tyson effect when they play the Patriots, do you think? I definitely think that there are a lot of teams out there that are beat before they ever, you know, line up a snap on um, whether it be the coaching staff um, over preparing or trying to do things that are against their DNA. In order to in order to beat the Patriots, or whether it's just the 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 players who think, oh, it's Tom Brady, I've got to do this. Oh, it's I've got to do that. Oh, wow, now they have Brandon Cooks. Now I've got to do. I think that a lot of teams that are of the mid the, those middle tier to lower tier teams, they try to do something extra, something beyond what they're capable of. And when they do, that's usually when the Patriots have already beat them before they even start. I agree with that. And I think really what it is is because of how many points this team and how potent their offense is, I think that makes some of these uh, guys press a little bit and, you know, take some shots that they may not uh, have uh, taken against other teams. You know, they, they press a little bit more, like I said. So that's one way that that Mike Tyson effect could definitely be uh, present for some of these teams. Yeah, I couldn't wait to, to answer this question. And uh, I, I think the answer is definitely yes. Um, you, you look at the Patriots some years and you're just like, they're, they're really not that good. I've seen better football, you know, and um, you, just, you just wonder why some teams go up against them and they crumble. And reason being is a lot of times other teams are not nearly as disciplined. And um, you can win games simply by being disciplined. And the Patriots are certainly that. And they stay true to who they are. Um, and, and then they'll find a weakness and they'll exploit that weakness time and time again. 
So um, I, I think that that is just basic football. Uh, and they they really just play their game and, and, and stay true to who they are. And that's how they win football games. And unfortunately, teams oftentimes end up beating themselves. And look no further than last year's Super Bowl. And not to harp on Atlanta. I, I'm Actually, no, I don't care. I, I'm anti-Falcons. I'm a Saints fan. Let's just get that out of the way. So anyway, no. What happened last year in the Super Bowl was that Mike Tyson effect. If they weren't playing the Patriots, they wouldn't have tried two things that they should have never tried. One was a Julio Jones bailout when he made one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Right. And the other one was when the fumble occurred. The play got called in, and they're like, well, why are we doing this deep shot? We're up by several touchdowns. Against a, in a normal circumstance, they would have just called a run play. They would just called it, but they felt like they had to keep scoring because the Patriots could come back from anything. And that actually ended up proving true because the Patriots were in their head. Right. Yeah, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, exactly. And I just think that it, Gene touched on it earlier about the coaches. Coaches get scared, man. We see this all the time in college football. That's why they sit there every Saturday. They look at Navy and like, oh, man, we got Navy. We're going to win. And then you get out there and you try to run the score up against Navy and you get up, you get up 28 points. And that running game and that option tag just slowly finds their way back in the game and they end up blowing you out. So, you know, I think teams coming to New England, you see, oh, they want to get creative. They want to go five wide, put the quarterback out wide, do a double pass, and they get picked off and then they upset. Like, why would you call that dumb play anyway? So I think that's what happens. Teams overthink it. Coaches get more scared than the players. I think that's the biggest reason why teams cannot. But you see one team that, can, that doesn't care, and that's uh, Seattle. They, right. they beat them last year, and they should have beaten them in the Super Bowl, but they outthought themselves like you guys talked about. All right. And then let's not forget about the Texans game in New England with Jacoby Brissett starting, and the Texans got worked, and the Texans had way more talent on their roster than oh, the no Patriots did last year. No doubt about no it. No doubt. Um, I, look at, I look at some of these roster moves that the Patriots have, have made, and I'm wondering, um, they, they, they didn't – even make an attempt to re-sign LeGarrette Blunt, And I'm wondering if um, – will this offense – will this offense miss LeGarrette Blunt this year? Um, I remember when they let LeGarrette Blunt go the first time and he went over to Pittsburgh, that run game kind of sputtered a little bit, and then all of a sudden they had an opportunity to get him back, and it was like, okay, back to normal business. And LeGarrette Blunt, you know, stepped foot into the locker room and began to run the ball again. So I'm wondering if they're going to miss a guy like that this year. You know, I, I think they'll miss him in, in goal line situations. But, I mean, they just have this ability to just generate points, you know, whether it be the short passing game to Edelman and Amendola, uh, whether it be, you know, sending Gronk on those, those streak routes, to, you know, up the seam. There's just – I don't think they're going to miss him as as much as some may think. Uh, Deion Lewis is still a guy that, that could come in and be effective out of the backfield for him also. So I'm going to say no to that one. I, I don't think that they'll really miss a beat, to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, with, with who, what they already have, they'll find a way uh, to, to get the guys involved and, and get them the touches and, and the type of runs that they like. Um, and, and that's what Bill Belichick does. Uh, he knows who he has in the fold, and he'll put them in positions to, to have success. So he'll ask those guys, what type of play calls, what type of runs do you like? And they'll run them to death. Um, and, and 
irrespective of who they're going up against, they'll make sure they 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 make it work. So um, that's why I think that um, whether Legarrette Blunt is there or not, that the run game will, will be just fine. All right, here's my hot take. Uh, they will absolutely 100% miss Legarrette Blunt, and it won't be for the entirety of the regular season. They won't miss him in a single regular season game. They're going to miss him in the AFC Championship against Oakland in the snow when they really needed that banger, a guy who could run the ball and intimidate the other side, and they don't have him, and they'll end up losing the Oakland AFC Championship because of that. That's a good point. Ooh, hot, hot take. Those are sizzling right there. I like it. It's funny because I just asked a question about the Mike Tyson effect, and I look at the, the running back situation, I'm like, well, they didn't lose a dynamic player, and they didn't add a dynamic player. They they still got the same running game to me, but um, – I just find uh, you know they paid a lot of money for Mike Gillisley as if he was Ricky Waters. So I don't I don't know what this be. I swear when you look at the Patriots, you just like I don't get how they have success. They should get blown out every every game. You know, so whether or not they miss Legarrette Blunt, I, I I don't know. I think they can find ways to run the football. We saw a guy like all seriousness. We saw James White essentially close out the Super Bowl last year. Definitely, he ran. I, you know if. If Rex Burkhead can stay healthy, I think he's a surprise addition uh, to this roster. I, I've always liked Deion Lewis back when he was at Pitt. So they still have enough. And I, what I like about the Patriots and what they do with their running game, they don't care if you're James White, Deion Lewis, LeGarrette Blunt. You're going to get those inside dive plays, right? You're going to get those inside zone plays. You're going to get some power plays. They're going to expect you to run the same plays as you would no matter your size or, or, or height or whatever. So they're going to run inside with Deion Lewis. They're going to run inside with James White. I think they will still be able to run the ball. It just will be with a different player. The antithesis of Sean Payton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Let's, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder, I just wonder looking at it, just, just to close out on, on Blunt, how many large – nimble foot guys are running around the NFL. I mean, this isn't, I mean, people, I think people sometimes underestimate his abilities um, because they, they kind of look at him as kind of a goof, but I mean, this is a big nimble dude and, and, and that can't be, it's hard to bring him down and not just because he runs people over. It's because he has a, a way of just subtly sliding and having you hit the side of him rather than hit him full on. Right. And, and he's been able to, to really take advantage of that. And everywhere he's been, when they've given him consistent carries, he's had like large amounts of success, um, even back to the days with the Bucks. So it'll be interesting to see what New England does with that. Any other team, I think, would miss would miss him. But it's just I, this the pay, the way they're able to just manufacture points. I I have to say no to this one. But you make a good point. His uh, ability to you know be nimble at that size is, is definitely something that's overrated. But when you talk about manufacturing points, here here's the thing: they got a guy who you know we we talked in, in another podcast about you know, what the Bills need to do with Sammy Watkins. I, I think Brandon Cooks is a similar type of guy in that, you know, they need to get him on those jet sweeps and, and get him the ball in space. When you look at Brandon Cooks, what does the addition of Brandon Cooks mean to their receiver group and their offense as a whole? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke about it earlier. Um, I think it's huge. Um, I really think that it adds a level of athleticism that they haven't seen in quite some time, uh, you know, in, in New England. So, um, you know, they're going to have more explosive plays this year, and I think they're going to put um, – a lot more points on the, on the board. And I think it's really going to help their, their defense as well um, because they're going to have, you know, more explosive plays. They're going to put more points. They're going to put stress on opposing offenses to match that. And, um, you know, they're a team that constantly, you know, they stay disciplined. They stay true to what they do. But they're, this year they have a level of explosiveness outside that they haven't had. And I think that's going to be huge for this team. So that's why a lot of people say, you know, they can potentially go 16-0. and 0. Uh, I don't think that that's going to happen, but because of the way that they're going to be able to score this year, um, I, I think that, you know, anything is possible. The addition is great because they haven't had this style of player. And what I mean by that is a dude who can literally do everything. Right. Brandon Cooks can do everything, run all the routes in the route tree. He catches the ball with his hands. Underrated jump ball catcher. He'll go and snag a ball over a, a six-foot-two corner. So uh, true. And – Tom Brady has not had this type of player by any standard since a Randy Moss. And I'm not saying Brandon Cooks is Randy Moss, but just a guy who can do so many things. The Patriots now will literally threaten every safety who plays against them because they're always thinking, this guy's going to get over the top of me. But wait, Chris Hogan just ran past me, and he's wide open because I had to stick, get on Brandon Cooks. So his addition makes it so difficult to actually guard these guys. Yeah. They're harder to defend this year. Exactly, and I is, and we're all former former football players, so we understand this statement I'm about to make. But when you look at a guy like Brandon Cooks, they finally have a receiver that you can understand. You getting beat by, right? So it's not like you're out there and you get beat by Edelman. You're like, man, why is this dude open? Why is he? Why, is, why am I getting beat by Edelman? Why am I getting beat by Amendola? Like, who the hell is Chris Hogan, right? But. Got a dude now and Brandon Cooks that you can respect. Like, all right, well, that's Brandon Cooks. He beat me. So they got a legit threat in the passing game. And you guys talked about it. Now, I, I always like Brandon Cooks on the outside. I hate that people look at him as a spot receiver because he's 5'10. No, he's right. an outside wide receiver. Put him on the outside, let him run that track meet, and then you just open up everything over the middle of the field. Like Chris said, safeties will have a hard time because do you help out with Gronkowski? Do you leave your cornerback one-on-one on the outside where Brandon Cooks and he's going to run right past him? Or do you continue to get frustrated throughout the game because you're getting beat with a thousand cuts by Amendola and, and Edelman and those other guys that catch those stupid stop routes that <laughs> can't stop all game long? So this will make them so much more dynamic as an offense as a whole. And I think that's that's really where the – like it's a monkey, monkey see, monkey do type of league – Somebody gets a big six two, six three, six four wide receiver, and immediately they're outside receiver. Or, I, I, when did five ten become like midgets? Like, like when did five ten, five eleven become? Oh my God, you're so short. It's not like that. Your height, Emmy. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, <laughs> we know we know already that that five ten can have some long arms. It can have a great catch radius. And when you look at when you look at a guy like Cooks, the fact that he can play on in the slot and that he can be effective outside just makes it that much more makes him that much more of a patriot. That's what the Patriots do. They find guys who can do multiple things so that they can line up and they can go fast and they can have him in the slot 
one play and have him outside the next play and have him, you know, run a jet sweep and line up in the backfield. The the versatility he's going to bring to that offense, I'm just I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be awesome. He's in the he's in the right hands, and that's saying something because he just came from Sean Payton, and I'm just surprised that Payton didn't do more to really diversify his game. Yeah, I mean the stress is actually you know it's definitely going to be on opposing defenses to match up, and it's going to make it a little difficult, especially in that AFC East. So is it time for my question now? Do I get to ask that now? So, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, jump the gun again. Yeah, man, go ahead and ask your question. We don't want no problems right. around here. <laughs> so, um, you know, Stephon Gilmore, uh, they, they've made, you know, acquired him. Uh, does, in, in you guys' estimation, does he make the Pats' defense uh, any better than it was in previous years? My answer? Yes. No. He does not make them any better. But – it is a good addition to have. See, much like the Patriots offense that we just talked about where you don't understand how they're beating you, the same thing with the defense. The Patriots consistently have a top-whatever defense, and you don't understand why. They don't have this mythical figure, no Lawrence Taylor or anything like that. So he's just another guy to put on their defense. Right. He up, he's an upgrade over what they had as the corner opposite from uh, Malcolm Butler, but at the same point in time, he's not going to change anything that the Patriots do because they're the Patriots and they just do it their way. I actually like the addition, man, because I was a, always a big Stephon Gilmore fan going back to his high school team. Um, when he signed with South Carolina, I was like, man, that's a really good – that year they signed him, uh, this guy, Akeem August, um, as well. They signed a, a, they had, I think they had the top secondary, top one or two, three players uh, in the secondary signed with Spurrier that year. So I've always been a fan of Gilmore. And I like what they already have back there. So I think he's another good piece. I'm a big fan of Justin Coleman. I like Eric Rowe. Uh, Cyrus Jones, I'm a big fan of from Alabama. And Malcolm Butler apparently is is the next, according to Gil Brandt, he must be he the next Charles Woodson. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so uh, but I do like what they have back there. Will likely is a guy to keep an eye on if he's healthy. Um, yeah, exactly. Very so, true. Yeah, they got him from, from Maryland. Um, but I think this is a good addition. I think it gives them – the ability to match up across the board because we now know that the base set in the NFL is a three wide receiver set. If you don't have three corners that can cover, you're going to get beat each and every Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I think if you look back to um, a few years ago, Super Bowl team, um, when they had, um, no, no, when they had, when they had um, um, Reeve, Darrell Revis and, and gotcha. um, to, yeah, to they leave. had to leave and they had, they had to leave and they had, on Revis Island, and those guys, um, they were locking up on 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 dudes, and they just kind of played this hybrid defense where those guys would lock up on a couple dudes, and then the other nine guys would just fill in gaps, and they would dare the quarterback to find who find the open guy, like find find the gap, and there were no gaps, um, and so they gave up a little on the rush game. But what they said was that no team's going to beat us running the ball, like because that's just not the NFL nowadays. Um, so so the, I, I believe they had one of the worst rushing defenses in the league that year. But you couldn't you couldn't beat them over the top. You couldn't um, continue to move the chains on third and long because they there were just were, there were no passing lanes. There were no there was no open areas. And I can see them doing something like that. And, and I won't. I won't even. I know we're talking about Stephon Gilmore, but I won't undersell this will likely um, draft draft pick because 
that is one of the most dynamic mofos in college. No doubt. I mean, that little dude, that little dude is a monster. And I remember when he lit us up when I was um, coaching at Fort Pierce Westwood High School, um, and he was going to um, Glades, on Glade Central. He lit us up for like a million points, and and he looked like a man amongst boys out there just doing whatever he wants. And and you put a guy like that on your on a slot guy, I, I I'm I'm really interested if he's healthy, come that Pittsburgh game. I want to see him lined up in the slot versus Antonio Brown. I really think that might be a very interesting, a very interesting matchup for the Patriots. So I think you know Stephon Gilmore is going to give them an opportunity to be um, to play that defense very similar to what they did with Revis um, there and 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 Akeem Talib. And I think that's going to really help them to get back to what they do to, to kind of have that bend but don't break defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think adding Gilmore is going to help help that team. Um, I want to see how it helps them in the long run, though. You know, when you have a big contract like that, I want to see how that's going to play into just the, the rest. Of it. I mean, is it going to cost them Malcolm Butler? And if it costs them Mal- Malcolm Butler, is that a, an exchange that, that you want to make? Uh, I would say yes, but, you know, I, I think Eric Rowe is, is still a guy that could come in and play on the outside for them also. And we mentioned corners. Well, one of the guys I like out of Auburn was, was uh, Jonathan Jones. So, you know, I thought that he would come in and be a guy that would be able to play the nickel for them. But obviously, you know, that's a, a role that, that Logan Ryan had last year. I guess Cyrus Jones is going to take over this year. Coleman, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it definitely is going to improve that team. All right, guys, taking a look at the Patriots, I, I think we may all be in agreement that they're going to finish first in yeah. the – in the AFC, no need to go around, right? Nah, man, nah, nah, I think we good. We're good. We... Well, I mean, that you got a consensus over here. So that's it for this episode of the Football Cypher. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating for Chris, Gene, Brandon, and Teron. I'm Emery Hunt, the Zara of the Playbook, and this has been the Football Cypher on Football Game Plans Podcast Network. <laughs>